Cat and Moose podcast. I'm Cat and I'm Moose. This is a true life podcast where we explore the quirks of being human. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I saw Bonnie Raitt open for James Taylor like three years ago, oh, and man. she stole the show. Oh, Here we go. People are talking, talking about people. You won't believe it. They think we love us, but we're not. We're in the The Cat and Moose Podcast. Let's give them something to figure <laughs> or something to <laughs> Let's give them something to talk about. How about love? Slow fade. <laughs> or fast fade. <laughs> well, that's one way to start an episode. <laughs> It's one way to start an episode. You remember that time when Sarah said, Kat, you're always on pitch? <laughs> Is that true? What about me? <laughs> well, she said that one time. She said, whenever you like, you know, like sing a song and I go to like add it to the podcast, yeah. like you're, you're like in the key, which is hilarious because I can't sing to save my life. Oh, you man. Can. I can't really either. Like I can kind of get there to show someone what I mean, but. When there's a run or something, it's rough. <laughs> Not cute at all. Hi, Moose. Okay. Hi, Kat. We haven't seen each other in like 18 years, it feels like. I know. It's been a really, really long time. And just like you guys popping up on my screen today, like made me want to like rip my shirt. It made me so happy. Like the Incredible Hulk? Kind of like that. Yeah. I was really thinking about the Bible thing where you like rip your loincloth and roll around in ashes or something like that. Mm, yeah. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> Wait, you roll your loin in ashes? <laughs> That's not what I said. <laughs> is, it, is it like encrusting a piece of meat? <laughs> Not at all. The visual that I have in my head is I have a dude that's like fasting and he's wearing this like linen like tunic, kind of like Jesus like tunic. And it, there's something in the Bible, I think it's in Proverbs about like if you're fasting, like don't look like you're fasting. And it's like lest you like rip your cloth and, and roll around in ashes or something like that. Anybody who studies the Bible has just quit the podcast. <laughs> If anyone knows where the loins and ashes verse is, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I think it's in Proverbs or Ecclesiastes. I love Ecclesiastes. I feel like I feel like if 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 Ecclesiastes was an Enneagram number, it would be a four. Really? See, to me, it would be like a very wise five. Well, that's fine but also it's sort of like guess what life is meaningless but that has meaning you know like only a four yeah would be like 
I, I see it all and I feel it all. And I also feel nothing and I am nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what is the meaning? We are the most in a, like I can never teach Enneagram again, which is fine, actually. Wait, no, that's not fine. Can we talk about hot dogs? Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> the Titans are playing today, so let's talk about hot dogs. I am really craving a hot dog. What do you have? Okay, I do love like a really great on the grill. Like I don't do not give me a boiled hot dog. Ooh, I love that yeah. we just went from loins to hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, very. Um, which makes me want to talk about something that I wrote in my notes called okay. the object relations theory. And we'll go there in a minute. Back to hot dogs. Okay, I was going to say, I, I do have a good hot dog story. Okay. But, but I love how you really bring in the adult, not adult <laughs> themes. <laughs> <laughs> like the mature themes into the episode. I do have a Brene Brown piece at the end that I'll throw in just to make sure that I can stick with the demo of like teenagers, but you know, like boy, like 13 year olds with my yeah. humor, but yeah. also go there with the mature wise, you know, people like your mom. Yeah. Oh, my mom would love hearing that. Thanks for saying that. Okay. Back to hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, first of all, I cannot wait to hear about your vacation, but I just got to throw this in at the beginning. I was in Detroit for a work trip for 87 days, it felt like. Oh, man. When you told me how long that trip was, I was like, dude, how are you going to survive? <laughs> I mean, I, I think it was only five full days, to be exact. But um, as much as this was great for convenience. The hotel was literally attached to the airport. So I didn't really leave the airport mm -hmm. for like five days. So um, you, at least you stayed at the bougie Westin at DTW, right? Oh, I freaking love it. Have you stayed yeah, there before? I have. I love that hotel. Oh my gosh. They have like that area in the lobby where it's just like yes. the reflections pool, you yes, know? And it's so beautiful. I love just like working from the side of that, which was cool. We were mostly in meetings, but uh, there's so many like sub stories of that, of that trip. And it was actually a really fun trip. The people I were with like made it super fun, was a work trip, but one of the days, the organization I was with, who I, these are my friends that run it. Um, they were like, let's really see Detroit a little bit. So hmm. even though I say I didn't go out a lot, that was my choice. <laughs> I know that's going to surprise our listeners since I'm an agoraphobic person. But uh, one of the things that we did do is we were going to go try the best Coney in the Big D, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'm from Cincinnati, you know? And so like... We have the best Coney that ever lived. Well, now I thought Cincinnati was known for chili. Well, Cincinnati chili, but I'm telling you, it's the it, it, hands down, it's the best Coney you've ever eaten in your life. All right. So if you know, you know, Cincinnati chili has a, it's a little bit sweeter. I'm not crazy about the chili part on my own, but you go to Gold Star Chili and you get that handful of cheddar cheese. Uh -huh. I'm talking, it's it's got to be a quarter of a pound of cheese yeah, on yeah. top of a six inch taco or taco. <laughs> I'm, I'm still recovering from my trip. A six inch little hot dog. It's got chili cheese. If you want onions on it, it's amazing. So we go to this place. It's supposed to beat all chili dogs, all conies. And we go in 
And Kat, there is like, I don't know how to call, I don't know what to call it. The hot dog is a little bit snappy, so I think it's like boiled. Okay. And it, it now snappy. Hang on, snappy. What do you mean? Because you just said a minute ago that you did not want a boiled hot dog. That's what I'm saying. I'm talking about the one in Detroit. It's like, like it'll just like pop oh. open with hot potted meat. Oh, okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. Anyway, so I, but at the end is what really freaked me out. I like took a <laughs> bite of the of the coney. I was in, and like the cheese was literally like four shredded pieces. Like. <laughs> and I'm like, you are a joke. So I take a bite of it, and the end of it had this little weird twisty hard thing. Was it a rat's tail? I don't know what it was, but it was like hard <laughs> and chewy. I had to pull it out of my mouth. It was like, it's like they took this long hot dog and they like snapped it and then they went like a machine did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when they say you don't want to know how the sausage is made. That's because there are animal parts in the hot dog. Okay. I know. And I, I was a vegetarian for many different times <laughs> <laughs> and I may have become one after taking a bite off oh. the end of this twisty. Oh. You know what it, you know what the texture reminded me of? A rat's tail. Oh, stop saying that. <laughs> Do you remember when we were young and the bologna came with like a piece of plastic yes. around it? Yeah, the red plastic. Yeah. And you would like take a bite and be like, oh, I forgot that I didn't take mm -hmm. the plastic off. That's yeah. what that texture was. Yeah. That sounds really consistent with a mouse's tail. <laughs> God. Have you ever eaten a mouse tail? No, not. I mean, I mean, I've had plenty of hot dogs, so probably. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so what, like other than the disgusting experience at the end of the hot dog, like was the Coney a good experience or was it a bad one? No, I didn't like it. Didn't like it. Oh, that's a bummer. I just so sort then of you pushed just it in... around on my I used a fork, which proves I didn't like it. <laughs> so you just hung out in the Detroit airport for five days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the meetings were good. I mean, it was fun. It was good people. That's awesome. I have a memory of the Detroit airport. Um, I remember it was the first time that I experienced the airport store called Vino Volo. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of, like one of the first ones was in the, uh, the Detroit airport. And I remember thinking like, wait, there's a place in the airport where you can do wine tastings like this is amazing. And I remember doing a wine tasting and I remember being on the phone with a mutual friend of ours and she was telling me she's like Nashville is flooded. And I was like, what? Like, that's not even possible. And she was like, no, cat. Nashville is flooded. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching the news and that's bullshit. Like, I don't really think that's really going on. And she sent me this video of literally what looked like raging waters, like right in front of her house. And that was the great flood of 2010, I believe it was, right? Yeah. Is that yeah. when that happened? That's the day my house got broken into as well. Man, golly, like I and I remember when I was flying into Nashville out of Detroit and as we were beginning to land, I was like, oh, shit, my friend was for real. Like the interstate. I remember I-24 was just covered mm -hmm. in water. Uh, that's crazy that you got to see it from an aerial view. Mm -hmm. It was wild. And Bellevue just got the brunt of it. So did downtown Nashville. Yeah. Where all the honky tonks are. It was completely like just flooded. Just underwater. Schwarmer, 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 Schwarmer. Had to redo the entire symphony hall. Can you say it correctly? Schwarmer, Schimmerhorn. 
Or is it Skimmerhorn? I don't know. I don't either. Let's just call it S Horn. S Horn. <laughs> or Shorn. <laughs> Sounds amazing. <laughs> Shorn. Shorn for short. Okay, tell me about your vacation. Okay, my vacation was awesome. Um, it was way too short. Like it was only um five days, four nights, um, because I've really like wedged it in between work and school and stuff like that. But I really kind of hit a, a place several weeks ago where I was like, I have to get away or I'm, I'm not going to continue functioning properly. Um, and I, and I did, I got away. I worked a tiny little bit, um, just things that were like super hot on fire. But, um, for the most part, I really took some downtime. I took my adult coloring books. Um, I sent you guys a picture picture and we can put it on our Instagram that I colored that was very intricate with all 100 markers in my new Crayola Ooh. marker box. So um, I, I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed eating really good seafood. I ate good seafood every day and I had an experience that I couldn't wait to tell you about Moose. Oh my gosh, tell me. So um, I was staying right across from this restaurant called Shunk Gully. Um, and it's a seafood restaurant that's like kind of right across the street from the water. And I've been there before. And I had called in food to go. And I um, I drove the long way to get there because I had to have a phone conversation with one of your friends who was at your event that you were just at. Um, and so I was like, okay, it's going to take 20 minutes. So I'll talk to her on the long way to Shunk Gully and then I'll pick up my food. Well, my 20 minute drive ended up being like 40 minutes because I got lost, which I don't know how you get lost on a road that is right by the water, but somehow <laughs> I did. And I hadn't had anything to drink or anything like that. Must have been a and, good conversation. Yeah. Well, it was, it was all right. And so, um, so anyway, so I finally pull up to Shunk Gully and I go to the bar and this really attractive dude looks at me and he's like, Hey, and I recognized his voice as being the person who took my order on the phone. And I said, are you Brandon? And he said, yeah, I'm Brandon. And I said, I'm Kat. And he goes, oh. And he like looked at me like a deer in headlights. And I said, what? And he goes, I did not ring in your order. And I'm like, dude, that's okay. Like I'm on vacation. Like I'm not in a hurry. So like just ring it in. And you know, you know how like when you make a mistake like that, like you fall all over yourself to try to fix it. So he was like, I'm putting 911 on this. Like I'm going to get your order ready really fast. And I was like, dude, it's really fine. And he's like, let me at least give you a drink on the house. Like, what do you want? And I was like, oh, it's like 1130 AM. I'll have a glass of Chardonnay, of course. Right. And so, so he gives me a glass of Chardonnay and he just has the best energy in the world. And he's like, so what are you doing down here? And, you know, just just good conversation. And the next thing you know it, I'm telling him about the Cat and Moose podcast. Oh, my and he was like, he was like, dude, he's like, that's so cool. And I had a Cat and Moose sticker in my wallet. So I gave it to him and he pointed at it and he goes, is this you? And I said, yes. And it's me and my friend Moose. Like, it's so awesome. And so he said, what kind of stuff do you guys talk about? And, and I said, well, we talk about all kinds of stuff. It's like the works of being human but also like you know we talk about like why the moon looks like it looks and you know body work and therapy and just all these kinds of things and he's like no way did you see the moon last night and I said oh my god I did it was the harvest moon it's one of those moons where it looks really really huge in the sky mm -hmm. And especially over the water, it's really, really beautiful. Oh, yeah, beautiful. And so we started talking about that. And so then we were talking about what the harvest moon looks like in the southern hemisphere, which last episode we talked about the hemisphere. So it was like, bing, 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 bing. 
Like, did you tell them that tornadoes go a different way? I didn't. I didn't. But we talked about how the moon looks different in the different hemispheres. And anyway, he was like, you know, he's like, your podcast sounds like it really might be similar to um, this podcast that I listen to that's called The Metaphysical Milkshake. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, so the Metaphysical Milkshake is a podcast that's hosted by Rain Wilson and Raza Aslan. Oh, I love Rain Wilson. Yeah, so I didn't know who he was because I, you know, don't watch TV very much. And apparently he's Dwight from The Office. Mm -hmm. And so basically what they do is they talk about, like, what is the meaning of life? Like, what happens after death? Like, they interview Jason Isbell about his music. They interview this death doula to talk about, like, how do you want to die? Like you can actually plan how you die and like all of this kind of stuff. And Moose, this podcast is kicking our asses, man. Well, Rain Wilson is super famous, so it's okay if it's kicking our asses. It can inspire us. And that's what I'm saying. We're, <laughs> we are coming after you, Rain. Like we are coming that's after right. you. You know what we need to do is we need to interview them. Yes. And we need to talk about it. We need to say thank you for inspiring us. We're doing yes. something similar let us interview you because I I mean, this is those are the kind of interviews that I'm so curious about whether we agree or disagree. Like you can't ignore that. It's fascinating that there's even a person out there that is a death doula. We talked about that one of our early episodes, you brought it to the table and I was like, I'd never heard of that. Yep, totally. And so this person like talks with them about like, you can choose how you die. You can choose like what your family, not what they experience, but you get to choose like the environment that your family is in and just all this really neat stuff. So anyway, like I just find it so cool when we meet another soul on the planet that we immediately connect with. And I was so glad that that guy didn't ring in my order until I got there because it gave me a solid 20 minutes to talk to him. And he probably made 50 drinks like while we were talking. And, and he, I said, um, I said, you know, the moon last night was called the harvest moon. And he like pulled his shirt like this. And he had this giant harvest moon tattoo on his chest. And I'm like, this is just completely synchronistic. Amazing. Like I feel like this person is my best friend. So Brandon, if you are listening, Thank you for tuning in and thank you so much for giving me what was my probably most inspirational conversation while I was on vacation. It was amazing. I love that cat. Would you have handled that differently if you weren't on vacation? I maybe I would have, just depending on like if I was in a hurry. Well, and, and I'm not even saying like you're an asshole because you would. No, <laughs> I'm no. saying I think that is what is so special is that somehow God or the universe or maybe just the two of you were a magnet <laughs> to one another in yep. that moment yep. to basically just go like you're on the right path. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It felt like that. It felt like something is okay. Like something yeah. is okay. Like I am meant to have 20 minutes with this person who is a complete stranger. And he was so good looking by the way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I could barely look at him. It didn't hurt the time, right? <laughs> yeah, it didn't hurt it at all. And of course I'm like in my James purse pants and my boy t-shirt with like no makeup on and my hair is all curly like it gets at the beach, but I didn't care. And I didn't think he did either. So yeah. it was a really, a really cool opportunity. And then it was that same night that I captured the image of yin yang in a cloud. Oh my gosh. You sent that picture to us. That was insane. I didn't see it right away. And then Sarah kind of had to show me and I was like, wow. Like 
isn't it beautiful? This is kind of my point of overall is like, isn't it so beautiful that when we do pay attention to the point mm-hmm. of you saying, well, maybe I would have been hurrying. Mm-hmm. Like that is why we must rest. Yes, you know? Yes. Yes. That's what rest is for. I had someone share with me um, at, at the, at the conference in Detroit that she had a mentor of hers basically say that they told her uh, as much time as we spend to ramp up, you know, say it's like a project we're working on and just the stress, 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 stress. We have to take the same time to ramp down. Oh, and do we ever? Never. Yeah. And so, you know, it's why I'm always a proponent of a four day work week, because I think like, OK, that's about as close as we'll ever get is mm-hmm. like four days ramping up three days down. Like we yep. need that, you know, yeah. like. You and I and Sarah, we all, as much as we can, and there are times where we just have to have that lunch or whatever on Fridays, we try to use that as like more of an inspirational, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I can chill out a little bit more. I have less structure around me so that I can think through it still work, but you know, but I think that's so important to have a day that it doesn't have meetings is my whole point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's really busted my groove. Like over the past few weeks, like I have had to put stuff on my Fridays and I really, really feel like that is like against my religion at this point, you know, and not that I don't work on Fridays cause I do work totally. Um, but I typically go to my body work appointment and that really grounds me. And sometimes mm-hmm. it really upsets me. I mean, who knows what it does, but but it's like after that, I love to have time and space. And, and my bodywork therapist asks me often, she said, do you have time and space to sit with what we talked about or sit with how you felt or whatever it is? And, and normally I can say yes. Um, in the past few weeks, I've had to say no. And, and it, it, it really reminds me of how important it is to protect that time. So if you have time like that in your life that you know is quiet time, that you know is time for you to meditate or sit and reflect or ride your stationary bicycle, Jimmy, or whatever it is, protect that time. It's really important. Okay. Speaking of having time and space, I, I wasn't sure I was going to bring this up, but I was so blown away by it. Um, so while I was gone, my friend, you might know our producer, Sarah decided <laughs> that I have been so sort of, you know, some of this I've shared on the podcast, but I have been considering having a um, sabbatical at the end of this year. Yeah. And, you know, I've gone back and forth of, is that, you know, a month? Do I take the whole month of December off? Is it two months? Do I take November and December off? Um, You know, and I've, I've talked to several people who've done sabbaticals and just interviewed them just to understand like, mm-hmm. what is, you know, the right time frame. And the minimum that people suggest is six weeks. Okay. So that was good for me to know. And they also said, recognize, because I told them I was doing it at the end of the year. They're like, the week of holidays don't count. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't say Christmas week or Thanksgiving week is part mm-hmm. of your sabbatical. Because mm-hmm. you'll probably have family or whatever right, in town. Right. And, you know, I got a bunch of different ideas of what I want to do and all of this. And so... You know, my birthday is coming up on September 30th. Everyone who is, I just went like this, like share with my, (laughs) oh my gosh. I, I also, one of my lives was a fabulous drag queen, just so everyone knows. Oh, I know. We, uh, we talked about that a few episodes ago and I believe that that is true. I, I do too. Like I, I have this 
lispy man inside of me and i don't know what else to say except that's true so anyway i just did this anyone who's not a patron five dollars um i just did my hair like Cher does flipped it behind my shoulder mm-hmm. but instead it was my headphone wire here we go again <laughs> yeah so september 30th is my birthday if anyone wants to send gifts here's my venmo i'm kidding <laughs> um okay but um so I told, uh, I told Sarah and you and a couple other people, like, um, I think I want to use the month of September or sorry, October to kind of start my slowdown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'll still mm-hmm. be present for my Monday chart meetings and, you know, I'll still be there, but knowing that probably November and December I'm heading out, right. Yeah. Whatever that yeah. means, mm-hmm. which I, th- I want to challenge you to consider to do the same. Okay. And I know that I'm doing that on a podcast. So just pray pray about it. Just like tell the whole world. And now the whole world will challenge me. So thanks a lot for that, Miss. Talk talk to Jesus about it. I think people can survive without us for six weeks. Yeah. Um, But anyway, all that to say, I have been saying since I moved into this house that I want in my office a floor to ceiling bookshelf because Mm -hmm. books make me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And even though I usually listen to them, I do like to look at them sometimes to reference <laughs> things. Uh-huh. Um, and also I've been saying, I don't have a space in this house. And this is just because I haven't created it. It's not that it couldn't be created. I don't have a space in this house to meditate. I don't have a place, space in this house to like go lay on the ground and like get my computer out and just write. Cause I love mm-hmm. to write mm-hmm. and no joke. I came home yesterday And my sweet, amazing human, Sarah, has transformed my office, which is gutsy, right? (laughs) To take down (laughs) somebody's desk. And I have this huge monitor so I can see all my charts every week. And Uh like, didn't tell me any of this. Drove to Ikea and measured everything on my wall and built floor to ceiling shelves on one wall. I mean. And created a meditation space for me. And I, I can't tell you. I woke up this morning and first place I went with my coffee, I just went and laid in the middle of that space, all the light coming in my office. And I was like, I finally feel like this is my space. Oh, I love that so much, Moose. And that is so thoughtful. That is real love, producer Sarah. And I love, as you talk about it, Moose, I love the little cracks in your voice. Yeah. It, it, it's like, I can tell that it like really, really moves you. It did because like I, you guys, you know, I'm an Enneagram eight. I go to five and those who still are learning Enneagram, Enneagram five is we, we find safety inside of our minds, you yeah. know? And, yep. and for me, it's inside my whole body. Like I need quiet. Like I have mm-hmm. auditory issues I, you know, all these different things that for me having a safe, quiet space where I'm by myself and right now, especially I'm really trying to get healthy physically and emotionally. I've been Mm -hmm. on the emotional and mental path for a while, but like, I, I have to get there in my head and in my heart before I can actually go out and get physically where I want to be. And I just feel like this is going to be like a healing room for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. And producer Sarah, like how sensitive of you to do that. Can you talk about your process? Um, yeah. Uh, hold on. I need to adjust the volume for myself. She needs to hear more in her ears of herself. 
a little more me. I mean, Moose, like your your sweet voice and your like almost tears are just like absolutely like squeeze well, my I, heart. I said to her, I was like, I feel so loved and so seen, mm-hmm. you know, because like I am very particular, you know, like I I have like a boho angle to what I love, but mm-hmm. it's also more artsy than just like flowers and crap. Like mm-hmm. and she took it's just nice for somebody. I mean, you two know me so well. You know what I mean? Like you, I I mean, Kat, we've had years and years and years. And and Sarah, just the few years we've known each other, it's like I I feel like you took everything in the house that wasn't even in my office and put it in that space. And I like I just like it was very overwhelming. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. Um, it she keeps thanking me for it and saying what it means to her, which is the most important thing to me because um, that was my goal. Like my process was to go into the room and remove anything that had anything to do with work first. Mm-hmm. I literally just like vacated the room of anything work and uh, work related and, and um, including things on the walls and all. I mean, that's like she said, it was kind of gutsy cause I'm like, should I keep this up here? Or like, you know, <laughs> Um, and I just stacked everything in the hallway and like, you know, it's all still very accessible if she wants to put any of it back, but I obviously needed the space to build the, you know, construct the pieces too. So it was kind of all on purpose, but then I'm like, I'm just going to clear the space first hmm. essentially and hmm. put the, th- the things that I put in there were the skeleton of the room, you know, and by building you know, the shelves and then I moved her couch over and kept some stuff in there that, that felt on point, you know, for mm-hmm. what she was, uh, just what she's been talking about, I guess. And so anyway, I did that. And then, um, I put a couple things on the shelves, um, as you saw in the, the photo that she sent over and, um, just like, like she said, things that are meaningful to her, things mm-hmm. that, um, I, I don't know, I know that are important and mean something to her. Well, I noticed in that, in that photo that you guys sent me, I really appreciated the 11 by 17 portrait of me. That was my favorite. <laughs> The one that's on the altar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next oh, to we all didn't. The yeah. yeah, yeah. We didn't get that other corner of the room. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We didn't take a picture of the altar cap, but I will. I'll be sure to put that up as soon as I get it done. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll never see it. <laughs> the altar's actually in my room. It's behind her. Uh, <laughs> This is your altar. <laughs> and there is a photo of all three of us up, up there for those patrons who are right actually looking. Everything. And you can actually get that as a magnet for your refrigerator, guys. Like, oh, it's see? Actually I didn't know that. Catfishpodcast.com. If, if anyone ever cares, there's I'm always adding things to that. And everything... Oh yeah, this there is, are things that we've talked about on the Cat Moose Podcast this, that are behind her. This is new from Alaska. Did I show this yet? Oh, no. I still don't have my my scrubby mitt. Oh, it's back there. Can you see it? See the two eyeballs? Yeah, there There it is. is. Okay, (laughs) don't let that thing fall. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I need to finish the rest of my... So anyway, the whole point of that was to remove everything work-related and let her put back what feels right into that space, you know? And sure, she's still going to have to work, so there is going to be some work that takes place in there, but the whole point is that the space is a space that has, you know, good energy and it, mm. it feels inviting and inspiring and creative and, mm. um, not the negative stuff that has been bogging, you know, 
I guess that I've heard has been bogging you down. Um, yeah. Over the past several months. So. And to be honest, and then we can wrap up this emotional section on the yeah. Cat News podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, as an eight, I vulnerability is hard for us. And like with you guys, it's not so much, but I don't talk a lot. Like I, I don't, I'm not the person that's like, can I download this with you? Like mm-hmm. I just internalize everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think a small lesson that I've learned, I haven't even told Sarah this yet is when I do open up and share, it's meaningful because she took what I have, what I've shared, which again, I don't talk a bunch like about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. But when, you know, when I have said, this is important to me, this is important to me. It, and somebody shows that they heard it. Like that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. And, And you said this a moment ago that, that you felt known and you felt seen. And that is really, really huge. That's so yeah. awesome. And I'm so excited about your new space and congrats to you, producer Sarah, for being so awesome and sensitive. Thank you. Um, I, if I need to proclaim a sabbatical, um, maybe I can let you know what some of my yeah. hopes and dreams are. Uh, <laughs> All you have to do is hang out with me for a little bit so I can pick up on cues, but you know, or you can just send a text with with (laughs) bullet points. Yeah. You could be super direct. That's fine too. The, the main request is you just have to leave town for like four days. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. Yeah. What was that show where they would like send you on a Disney vacation and fix your house? Oh man. Yeah. I I mean, I would love to be in that business, man. Yeah. You would be so good at it. Well, Hey, if anyone's listening, all of our listeners, if you have a friend that works for ABC, please move that bus. No. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to be on TV. Oh. I want to be in the business of people go out of town and we transform their space. Yeah. Oh, great. No television. All right. Well, we can start that company. We have enough of those. Okay. Yeah. And great. we can just show like behind the scenes content and, you know, yeah, I think it could be like not TV and still be really successful. So um, I feel like this is a really good segue to something that I wanted to talk about. And and I have to be honest, I, um, I have had my mind absolutely blown. Okay, I can't wait. Like blown. Okay, so I told you how my bodywork therapist recommended this author to me, Alison Bechtel. Yeah. And I read her first book called fun home. It's a a memoir about her dad. Um, and I was very moved by it. Like it was a very powerful story, excuse me, powerful story. Um, her next book is called, are you my mother? And, um, it's about her relationship with her mom. And it's also about her relationship with therapy and going through therapy. So, you know, how like we eat that shit up, you know? Oh, totally. And so, um, and so about a third of the way through the book, she talks about starting to go see this therapist and about four or five weeks in to seeing the therapist, she finds herself in the middle of the night walking through very like dodgy neighborhoods in order to go and just stand in front of her therapist's house and just stare at it. Oh, mercy. Is this fictional or autobiographical? It is a memoir. So it is like real life stuff. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, like my butt cheeks are so tight right now. (laughs) She's stalking her therapist. She's not stalking her. She's just I'm sorry. 
is that stalking if you're outside of their home at night? <laughs> I guess maybe it is. Um, and I thought to myself, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so creepy and so weird. And then I had a revelation that okay. during COVID, I went out of my way to go and put my hands on the home on Music Row where I started therapy a couple of years ago. I would literally intentionally drive by the building knowing nobody was in there. And then I would go and just put my hands on the windowsill. And, and Moose, I didn't do this once or twice. Like I did this probably so worried right now. I I did this probably eight or nine times and I thought, oh my God, like I am this person. And so then she starts talking about how, hold on, can we pause for a minute or should I wait till the end? (laughs) Go ahead and just rake me over the coals. (laughs) No, I I know this building (laughs) because I've been in there. Were you in the front or the back? Well, it, it mostly in the back because I would okay, I would God. I would have like something to do on Music Row. Like my bank is on Music Row, and I have right. to go in and make like physical deposits if I get a check or something. And so I would instead of just making the easy way to the interstate, I would loop around and go through the alleyway on Music Row until I could, you know, see this place. And I would go and I would park my car and I would go just like put my hands on the outside of the building. And it like it did something for my soul. Well, let me just stop and say it's important (laughs) to be seen. You have always been this person. Mm. Okay. So that's good. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) You're saying I've always been a stalker. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm saying... That is very much who you've always been. Mm-hmm. I'm just really super glad as your friend, you weren't on the front side of the building that faces Music Row. So this is good. <laughs> you were in the alley. Okay, yeah. keep going. Yeah, I was in the alley. And, and you saying that this is who you are is another perfect segue to what I want to talk about is this author becomes really, really interested in reading all kinds of um, psychological analyses. So it's like everything from David Winnicott to Freud to I mean just on and on and on she reads all this stuff very very intellectual and um, she talks about something that Winnicott is known for potentially like being the inventor of or bringing the theory to life object relations theory are you familiar with this at all I I have heard of it but I am like I cannot tell you right now what it is but I have heard the phrase and I'm excited to be reminded well it's it's something that and i'm not going to get it right you don't come here for the facts and the figures right everybody like this is just like dipping the toe into the thing that you're interested in and i have done a lot of reading on it i read a lot about it on vacation and basically like as an example when an infant comes out of the womb and is held by the mother and then eventually the infant breastfeeds with the mother the infant doesn't know that the mother is a separate entity from itself. The infant thinks mom is me. Boob is good. Breast Mm -hmm. milk. Good for me. I have invented the breast. Like that's what the baby actually thinks. Like the baby thinks I've invented this thing that provides sustenance for me. And as the child gets older, the child starts to realize like, Oh, that thing is attached to a person and that person is a little bit different than me. And so basically like in these early years of infancy and even childhood, 
we basically get like a, almost like a blueprint imprinted on us. If you think about like animals that get imprinted, it's, it's very similar. Um, we get imprinted on us like this is what life is like for you. So if you experience love and kindness and tenderness and all of that, then chances are you're going to expect that in your social relationships as an adult. If you experience neglect or, you know, fear or something like that, then chances are you're going to experience that as an adult. And it's really fascinating how important and how significant our earliest years are with whoever our primary caretaker is. And so I started just really diving into this stuff And this author, her experience of therapy moose, you have to read this book. Like you will, will. you will fall all over yourself because she does and says things that you and I have both done and said, where it's like, we actually, we make up who our therapist is in our minds. Like we actually don't, do a good job of just going like, this is who they are. You know, it's like, we have this imaginative thing that's like, okay, this is who this person is to me. And it's something that gets um, learned in, in a very, very young age. And I have just found it wildly fascinating. Okay. So it's interesting because what you're describing is, is what they teach in Enneagram too. Really? And uh, yeah, as far as like your first uh, few years are, you know, basically the most important, you know, based on if you were held or if you were, you know, fill in the blank. Um, so, but okay. So here's what I took away though, from what you said, hold on. I need to think about what it was. Oh, the filling in the blanks, Mm. you know, like, um, it's so interesting because I don't know if Sarah's willing to talk about this. You've been talking about like carrying other people's stuff that are in the room. Yeah. And, you know, uh, often we categorize that as empaths, you know, Mm -hmm. that we Mm -hmm. are like choosing to like fill in the blanks, like what we're talking about. Sometimes good where we put them on a pedestal and we're like, you're my therapist. Mm -hmm. And being able to take that inside of ourselves and be like, I can actually take your wisdom, Mm -hmm. not personalize it as only so and so has this wisdom <laughs> right, which is right. crazy and yeah. honestly probably a little bit of a deflection in some ways to be like oh well if i keep going back that brings more healing and often mm. it does but also mm-hmm. we have that within ourselves too we totally do and i think that that's why I, i'm learning more and more and more that that's why i think the body work side of things is so powerful because like a really good practitioner knows how to hold and create space for my body and my wisdom and and it's like okay the things that she has said to me not 100% of the time, but there's a good percentage of the time that they are, they are basically mirroring what I'm saying, maybe using different words or something like that. But it's like, okay, like cat, a lot of that wisdom's coming from you. Like, that's amazing. And and it's just really, it, it's really fascinating to me that, um, there, uh, what am I trying to say? Um, that, that we don't, that we don't tap into that own wisdom inside of ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah. That we need another person to go, hello, McFly. You know, it's like, okay, like this is right here within me. Like, why can I not access it without, you know, going through this process? I totally agree. It's funny. Sarah, if you don't want to talk about that, that's fine. Patrons, you're welcome. Cheers. Bye. 
<laughs> I could tell by your energy you were like, peace. Um, uh, um, oh, the word for me that keeps coming up that I think is relevant in what we're talking about is the word echo. Mm. And you know how I think it's so important to your point of meeting Brandon and then even this book and then like just paying attention. Like Mary Oliver said that. That like we can be astonished if we just pay attention. Oh my gosh, you know, so true. And it's like it's such a beautiful thing because the you know I have always paid attention to when numbers come up. You know, where mm-hmm. I'm just continuing to see the same number lately. <laughs> that's been eleven, eleven. Like mm. you know, that's really rare, and everybody says like make a wish. Yeah. But lately, um, a.m. or p.m. Like every time I look at the clock, it says eleven, eleven, and. It's interesting because, um, one of the things that, uh, back to echo, I feel like what we need sometimes is the echo of our own hearts. Meaning like, that's beautiful. (laughs) You know, like you saying what what you say to your therapist, we just need to hear it. We've, I think we're so hard on ourselves that hearing it inside of our own heads or hearts isn't enough. And, and, and maybe that's why, you know, Sarah making that meditation space for me meant so much is like, that was an echo of what I needed, but didn't have, you know? Um, but anyway, all that to say, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fangirling on Martha back right now. Cause I'm rereading her books and, you know, very involved in all of her like life coaching stuff that I'm looking at. And one of the things that she uh, talks about that is like one of the five steps of finding your true self is being fascinated and mm. noticing what fascinates you. Oh man. Oh man. And I think this ties into Brandon again, Brandon, this whole freaking episode, we should call the episode Brandon, um, <laughs> Brandon at the beach, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon at the beach. Uh, but it's, a, it's the same idea. I feel like if we do pay attention to what fascinates us, like that's what Martha Beck says, which mm-hmm. is truth in my mind. Um, if we if we pay attention to that, I think our hearts grow towards it, and then we're on the path. The path is before us. It starts yep. laying itself out in front of us. Yeah, because we're like, you know what? I mean, think about us starting this podcast. This is episode 80, by the way, yes. which is insane. I noticed that when I titled my file today, I was like, oh my gosh, this is our 80th episode. And it's like, when we started this, if you go, I actually have chosen never to go back and re-listen to episodes, <laughs> but I'm curious, like if we were to go back and listen, I guarantee you, we are so much more brave now. Oh yeah. No, I think we're, I think we're a lot more brave. And at the same time, like there is like a common thread throughout the whole thing. There's, Mm -hmm. there's like the authenticity of our friendship. There's the importance of self-discovery and awareness and becoming self-actualized and, and things like that. And it has certainly evolved. And at least in my opinion, it's gotten even better. Um, everything from how it sounds to like what we're talking about. And it's one of those things where I was thinking this morning, ironically, when I was going to the bathroom, um, I was thinking this morning, how I was like, I, I, I literally could spend my whole day thinking about how to improve and make the podcast even more amazing. Like it's something that truly does 
fascinate me. Like I am very, very enthralled by it. And it's like, to me, it's like, why, why then do I relegate as much as, or, or I should say only 90 minutes of my week every week to it? You know, yeah. it's like that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, and I, and I, I've been thinking about that too, because we always, anytime we hear something inspiring that is around marketing or promoting podcasting stuff, we kind of text each other, like, let's talk about this. And I, I think it's sort of like, it's sort of like working out and I won't even say working out. It's sort of like living a, a healthy lifestyle. There is something inside of us that for whatever reason, and we could break that down if we want to sabotages us to get on our path. Mm -hmm. And here's the reality. Once we're on there, I mean, here we we're sort of on the shoulder of our path. I think so too. I think, you know what I mean? Like we, we right over that white line that like falls off the cliff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We're like the three of us are like, drinking a bottle of whiskey on the side of the shoulder going like, you know, kind of going back and forth, smoking some things, looking at each other going, are we really going to do it? Do you guys want to do it? You know what I mean? And, and then I'm over there going, Hey, how do we get up there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, I don't know. There's, uh, you know, and I think we, I think the path sometimes takes time. Yeah intentionally so that we grow to a place that we're ready when mm -hmm. we're on there. Yep. Yep. I but man, right. it's feeling close, boo. It is feeling close and it is scary. Like it is really, really scary. And it's also, um, really, really inspiring and really fun. So if any of you listening out there want to hold, um, intentions or offer positive vibes or pray or whatever it is that you do, um, we would love some, energy from outside of ourselves to help us jump up on that path. That would be really amazing. So thank you for holding intentions for us. I had no idea that we were going to be talking about all this, but it fits perfectly. Um, Sarah, can you pull up um, one of our listeners and someone who works on my team from a business standpoint, Bobby sent me this amazing piece from Brene Brown. And it's just a little clip that I want to play. It's about the, the tagline says Brene Brown on the necessity of facing and confronting yourself. Mm, come on. We all grew up and experienced at very de varying degrees, trauma, disappointment, how, you know, hard stuff. We armored up. And at some point, that armor no longer serves us. Mm -hmm. And so what I think I would say to that person is, how is not talking about this serving you? Mm -hmm. Like, I've been sober for 23 years, so someone in AA would be like, how's that shit working for you? Mm -hmm. You know, like, but I probably would put a softer spin on it than that. Right. Um, <laughs> over black coffee and a cigarette. But, you know, but I would say that <laughs> it's not serving anymore. Mm-hmm. And now the mm. weight of the armor is too heavy mm. and it's not protecting you. It's keeping you from being seen and known by others. Mm. Oh, and so this gosh. is, I'm going to tell you quintessentially, this is the developmental milestone of midlife from oh late thirties to, you know, through probably your sixties. This is the question. 
Hmm. You know, this is when the universe wow. comes down and puts her hands on your shoulders and pulls you close and whispers in your ear, hmm. I'm not fucking around. You're halfway to dead. Hmm. The armor is keeping you from growing into the gifts I've given you. That is not without penalty. Time is up. Hmm. So this is what wow. you see happen to people in midlife. And it's not a crisis. It's a slow, brutal unraveling. And this is where everything that we thought protected us keeps us from being the partners, the parents, the professionals, the people that we want to be. Holy shit. I can't breathe right now. Oh, I feel like we need to listen to that 45 times. I mean, I feel like I need to listen to that 45 times. That is like somebody just like audibly depicted my soul. Wow. I know. And she said that is not without penalty. Oh, that is what rang to me is like you. She said from late 30s to your 60s. Okay. Okay. So we're about between me and you, Kat, Sarah, you as well. We're anywhere from two to six years deep into this. So why would we make it go longer if we didn't have to? I don't know. I don't know. And it makes me think like hearing her say that, like what went through my mind is I have 14 years. Mm. I have 14 years before I'm 60. Then let's do it in whatever it is in 14 months to get there. Yeah. Can I share something? Please, Sarah. So uh, hearing that, it immediately thought made me think of um, this uh, quote that I had made and framed. Um, and it's always been above my bed or near my bed. And, and for about a year... I would look at it every single morning and see a new word in it, a new phrase. I would just read it every time. Um, and can I read it to you? It's mm-hmm. Brene Brown. It's right? a, yes. It's, this is a Brene Brown. Uh, it's from a, an article she wrote years ago. And this, um, the audio that we just shared is, is that it's exactly this. And it just inspired me and brought me back to about two or three years ago, it just got me through such a huge part of my life. And so it's a pretty short thing, but I would like to read it. Please. So uh, she was talking about that thing. It says, um, I think midlife is when the universe gently places her hand upon your shoulders, pulls you close and whispers in your ear. I'm not screwing around. It's time. All of this pretending and performing, these coping mechanisms that you've developed to protect yourself from feeling inadequate and getting hurt has to go. Your armor is preventing you from growing into your gifts. I understand that you needed these protections when you were small. I understand that you believed your armor could help you secure all of the things you needed to feel worthy of love and belonging, but you're still searching and you're more lost than ever. Time is growing short. There are unexplored adventures ahead of you. You can't live the rest of your life worried about what other people think. You were born worthy of love and belonging. Courage and daring are coursing through your veins. You were made to live and love with your whole heart. It's time to show up and be seen. Mm-mm-mm. Lord have Man. mercy. Lord have mercy. I mean, could someone just lay me down, give me some psilocybin, 
and <laughs> tattoo that on my body. So maybe I will not forget it. It's crazy. It's so crazy how we still use those yes. coping mechanisms every yeah. day. And do you know like what is totally freaking me out right now about all this hmm. is the modality of body work that I am studying talks. It, it, it focuses very largely on like dissipating that armoring. Yes, wow. you are on the right track. What is it called? Jinchendo. Oh, it is. That's yeah. about getting rid of that armor. Well, it's not even getting rid of it. It's like kind of breaking through it and allowing like it it the the it basically is saying it's like okay, like move aside that armor just enough to let all the good stuff come in and that's going to just go away. It's just going to completely like move along, kind of like what Brene Brown is saying and what you were just saying from that quote, Sarah. It's like the armor is no longer serving you. It's actually really heavy and it doesn't come without consequence if you keep carrying it. Like it's right. going to damage you. It doesn't help you anymore. God, that's amazing. I know, right? And honestly, God. if it doesn't help you, then it's hurting you. Right. And it's causing you to have pains in your chest and pains in your knees and migraines and can't sleep. And I mean, name a million different things. Man, that's beautiful, Moose. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you. Dude. Dude, that like... That shit's like game changer shit, man. I, I'm i like, I'm truly without words, actually. Yeah. So now the challenge for you is how long will your sabbatical be so you can <laughs> begin breathing into that space? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And let's reimagine your space if you want to do oh. Goodness. The thing that makes me really happy, though, is that like I feel like putting um, the encounter painting, the tiger painting and the Ventruvian man in my bodywork space. I feel like I created that space because almost daily now I go down there and I just talk to that guy. Like wow. I just, I just sit there in my chair and I, and sometimes it's not even out loud. Like sometimes I just sit there and like kind of think or meditate or pray or whatever. So it's like I have created a and I didn't realize that's what I did until hearing you say all of this, but it's like, I know that's exactly what you've done, Kat, man. That's You're right. Wild. My body knew what I needed before my mind did. I know you Shocker. get to be held by the Venturian man. And I'm going to just take all my books and like lay in the floor and like swim in them. <laughs> like a, like a giant bathtub full of plastic balls. I love like not, oh, wow. not testicles, just like, you know, the kid balls. Oh God. Like the cock balls. I, I have to say one more thing, guys. It's called the Vitruvian man. Vitruvian. Vitruvian. Vitruvian? Not Venturian. I know it's not Venturian. I think I'm the one that says Venturian. You do. <laughs> you do? And I've been saying Ventruvian, so I've added an N in there. Yeah. Vitruvian. Vitruvian man. Vitruvian. <laughs> Thanks for that, producer Sarah. I'm leaving on a high note, man. <laughs> Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to catandmoosepodcast.com. 
is a BP production. 